Hi, I'm Megan Hyatt Miller, and this is Lead to Win, our weekly podcast to help you win at work and succeed at life. Well, as I've mentioned over the last few episodes, my dad is out on his first ever three month long sabbatical as part of our succession plan, but he's going to be back here with me on the podcast. Can't wait in mid October, and we'll be excited to hear about his time away then. But in the meantime, I have the chance to host conversations with a series of special guests from inside Michael Hyatt and Company, some of my absolute favorite people on the planet that I cannot wait to introduce you guys to. And that brings me to today's guest, my sister, Marissa Hyatt, who is also our marketing director. Um, I should probably say she is my little sister. There are about 11 years between us, maybe 10 and a half to be perfectly accurate. If you ask her, she'd probably say 10. If you ask me, probably say 11. Um, but beyond that, she is a wicked smart marketer and her strategic thinking is one of the reasons products like our full focus planner have been so successful. So Marissa, welcome. Megan, finally, it only took <laughs> how many years for you to invite me on the show. <laughs> no, I'm so excited hey, hey. to be here. <laughs> We're going to get in a fight right from the beginning and we'll do yeah. therapy. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> hey, this is like, you know, free therapy in my opinion. So yeah, totally. <laughs> well, people, you're in the right place. This is going to be fun today. This is probably the number one question that I get asked whenever we do a live event or when I'm with our clients um, in our business accelerator coaching program or leading a call with them or whatever. This is the number one thing people want to know is what is it really like working with family? And also like, what's the secret to doing it well? Because it seems like, you know, y'all are doing it successfully. Is that true for you too? I completely agree. Anytime I tell anyone that I work at Michael Hyatt and Company, the you know the first question is, well, is Michael Hyatt your dad? And I say yes, and then I say, yeah, actually, you know, my sister is our CEO, and they immediately say, whoa, well, how is that? You know, and- <laughs> they're actually fine with the fact that Michael Hyatt's your dad. But when they get to is Megan the CEO, they're like, that's where the no. problems start. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's fascinating to people. I mean, sure. it is. I mean, it it certainly was for me, you know, as soon as I came on going, how is this actually going to be? And so I think people are curious about it. Um, it's it's not as common to work with your family, but when it is, it's usually done really bad. And I think right. people expect that. Right. It's usually a hot mess. I mean, people also come and tell me all their horror stories or they're in a really tough situation and they want advice on how to to find their way out of it and make it better. So, okay, well, let's just get into it because I want to start off with some questions for you. And then we're going to share um, some of what we have found to be kind of the ingredients for making it, you know, really work. What's been the best part about working with family? Uh, well, that I feel like it gives us another connection point in our mm-hmm. relationship. I feel like I love to be able to share this success with you and with dad mm-hmm. and to feel like we're all winning together. You know, when we win, it's like we're all winning together. I feel like I have a front row seat to your success. It's been so fun. And I truly, truly mean this to watch you step into the CEO role, you know, in the last year and to get to see you step up as a leader. I mean, obviously in your COO role, you certainly were an incredible leader, but this is to like a whole nother level. And to get to have a front row seat to that and and truly a front row seat, unlike, you know, our other sisters 
you know, or um, even dad, because I'm, I'm in it with you, you know, really in it, um, you know, here kind of on the ground, so to speak. And it has been so fun to get to watch you just grow into this incredible, inspiring leader that you are today. And that to me is one of the best, best parts. Um, I also feel like, just like want to hug you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, one of my favorite things is I have felt more purpose in this job than any other job that Mm -hmm. I've been in. So unlike, um, you know, other positions where I was certainly very motivated and had, you know, a lot of purpose, this one feels, it feels deeper to me because I feel like I have a true stake in it. You know, it's like, yeah. this is the family business. Um, it, right. I don't know, it just, it carries more weight to me, uh, it carries more purpose. I feel more motivated about kind of like the legacy and, and all of that that we're leaving because I am so deeply connected to it. I love that. That's awesome. You know, we haven't yeah. really talked about this in this way. I know. This is fun. I'm like, we're kind of having this <laughs> conversation for the first time at some level. So y'all are getting to hear it when it's happening in real life. <laughs> I Okay, we got we to gotta let people in then on what are sort of the rules that we followed that yeah. have made this not just doable, but I think really successful and something that we all feel like, you know, and I I would include dad and Joel in that too. They're obviously not here with us today, but um, all four of us would agree that the benefits dramatically outweigh, you know, any negatives. So let's talk about the rules that we have put in place that we're really, you know, mindful of. So the first rule is to put your expectations in writing. Okay, so kind of if we rewind back to when we were considering hiring you, I actually had a lot of concerns. <laughs> and my biggest concerns were you and dad together. I was like, this is going to not go well. And and what I was worried about was I thought, actually, I was more worried about dad than you. I was like, <laughs> I, <laughs> I was like, he's going to be trouble. And, and the reason for that is because, you know, he's really close with all of us. And I thought we're at the size of company now where – we can't just be willy-nilly about who we have conversations with. I mean, there are there are appropriate ways to do things. There's going to be someone who is supervising you. In this case, Courtney, our chief marketing officer. What I was concerned about <laughs> with you and dad. And I could just imagine because you're single, you spend a lot of time over at mom and dad's more than I do, that you know you would be having dinner over there on a Wednesday night or something and would cook up some idea. And y'all would get going on it because he loves to talk about ideas and he would just, he would just run with it and, you know, come back to me and tell me, yeah, Marissa and I decided we were doing this thing. Well, and and we're we're both such quick starts that, yeah, it's so easy for us to just kind of, all of us, you know, that goes for everybody, like to just start talking about ideas and then it's like, all right, we're ready to act on it. Right. And then we haven't, you know, gone through the proper conversations to bring that idea, you know, like, I guess I should say it this way, in no other scenario would our marketing director have that much access to our founder, you know, or to me. And at that time, I was the social media manager. So right at that point, at that point, you were the social media manager, which meant you were over there even more because you were capturing videos and at video shoots and, you know, doing doing things related to social media. So you had a lot of conversation and access. 
And I know how he is and how he just, he just wouldn't even be thinking about it. He would just talk to you because he's so close to you and it wouldn't even occur to him that it would be a problem. And then I I could just imagine myself kind of cleaning up the mess (laughs) relationally, you know, with Courtney and you. And I was like, I mostly what I was concerned about was Courtney and myself. Like, okay, we're, we're leading this at an executive level and we got to make sure that, you know, this leads right into the second rule, which is don't break the chain of command. You know, that if we, if there's a chain of command in place, it has to be real. It can't be fake, you know? And so I think that was my real concern. And once we got that kind of figured out, it was okay. But anyway, I was going to ask you what you thought about those expectations and then we'll come back to the chain of command. Well, this kind of goes to both points. Um, I remember, I remember that conversation like yesterday. I remember, you know, before we had kind of signed the job offer, you saying, I want to have a conversation with you and dad before. And I immediately was like, Oh gosh, you know, like, what is this going to be? And, you know, I don't want to feel stifled or like I can't, you know, really be myself. Like that, that was a big concern, you know? Um, and what it actually did was, like you said, it aligned all of us and made made me feel clear on what the expectations were so yeah. that I felt like I could win. You know, I knew mm-hmm. exactly what was expected. I knew, trust me, <laughs> I worked here for three years, I think, at this point. There has been a lot of times where me or dad, we start going and I'm like, whoa, pump the brakes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, we can't do this, you know. Um I need to go have a conversation with Courtney first or whatever, you know, whatever the the situation yeah. might be. And so that's been a really helpful uh, kind of guideline for us. And yeah, I, I feel like, uh, you know, going in, I was, I was really nervous, but getting clear on expectations on the front end, I yeah. think it, it made all of us, um, it takes any guesswork out. It took any weirdness out because if somebody was crossing a line, it gave the other people permission to say, Hey, this is actually crossing a line. Like, right. You know, Throw me saying line. that to dad or him saying that to me or you to me or however it yeah. was, um, which um, we had all agreed to. So, okay, let's move on to rule number two, don't break the chain of command. So this isn't going to apply to everybody because sometimes, you know, when you're hiring family members or there's partnership or whatever, there is no chain of command. You're, you know, you and the family member are the people that are, you are the chain, you know, but in our case, there's, there are people, there's a person in between us or with you and dad, there's two people in between you. There's Courtney, your boss, and then there's, there's me. And I think that what that looks like is you've really got to be intentional about how decisions get made, how you bring things up and how you don't do it. So talk about what that's been like for you practically. Yeah. Well, first of all, I just want to say, I think this has actually been like a really good buffer for you and me, I think yeah. it's actually reduced any kind of friction that would have been, mm-hmm. um, you know, potential otherwise, um, because we do have that buffer who's kind of that, uh, Courtney, you know, is kind of that, um, neutral party, so, so to speak. Um, so it's, it's really helped. I mean, in, in positive situations where, you know, we have, um, ideas or strategies, um, you know, that we're trying to determine being able to have her as kind of the, the sounding board and then also as the advocate as well. I think yeah. she in so many times has acted as my advocate for certain things. Uh-huh. Um, 
which has been really helpful because I think it brings a lot of credibility or a little bit more authority to what otherwise I could see. I'm not saying you've ever done this, but I could see you kind of Mm -hmm. dismiss as like, sure. That's just my little sister. But when right. I bring an idea to Courtney and then she agrees and then she's kind of the one to present that or or to back me up, so to speak, I think it helps me feel like I can can win, you know. And then certainly if there's ever any kind of, you know, challenge that we're facing or anything, um, I feel like having her there, it's just kind of like that one more step. I don't know. It feels like one more, one more step that kind of brings it down, dials it down, um, helps shed light, you know, rationale, um, onto the situation. Yeah. And I think it's important to say in this conversation, the chain of command, if you have a person between you and a family member who's super- supervising that person, it's very important that you have a conversation about expectations with them. And then you build that into the chain of command, um, which I did with Courtney. You know, I had a conversation with her and I talked about her concerns and she had all the concerns that I had. And so I really had to have her trust that we would follow the chain of command or I'm not sure she would have been willing to do it, you know, or totally. it would have been kind of a fake boss role, you know, and yep. it's not been that it's been absolutely legitimate in every way. And part of that has looked like dad or I or you sometimes redirecting conversations back to Courtney. Hey, that would be a great thing to talk about with Courtney, you know, or that maybe that's an HR thing. You need to take that to HR, you know, and that has been a big part, I think, of of supporting her role as as the leader of your department and your direct supervisor. And it's really enabled her to win, but it's also, like you're saying, enabled you to win. So I think that's been really good. Yeah, Megan. So I'm curious because I don't really know this side of the story. So, you know, we're talking a lot about putting my expectations down and or our expectations for me down in writing, um, you know, not breaking that chain of command. What was the conversation like with Courtney, you know, prior to hiring me? Um, what were the things, the actions that you took with her to make sure that trust really was established um, and that she felt really confident about the decision to hire me? Well, I think this is a good takeaway for anybody listening in this situation. It's important if you're the business owner or the CEO that you're self-aware enough to understand that the family dynamics are intimidating to other people and that you need to not go into that lightly or assume people are just going to figure it out or they don't experience the power component to family members, you know, that, for example, Marissa, if you wanted to, and, you know, this wouldn't last very long, I can assure you, but, you know, if you want to throw your weight around as a family member, you know, you could make Courtney's life temporarily miserable until I fired you. <laughs> yeah. You know, God you've forbid never, we ever God have forbid. to deal with that. I know. I know. I'm just joking. You've, ne- you've never done that. But I mean, but that's possible, right? And so I think the, the, reason I'm saying that is it's just important to recognize if you're navigating this, that this is potentially an issue for the people in your company and you need to really deal with that head on. And so part of how I dealt with that intentionally is at the same time I'm talking with you and dad, actually in advance of that, I talked to Courtney because Courtney was very impressed with you. She wanted to hire you, but she had some concerns about it that were totally legitimate. We should say I started 
in a contractor role. Um, right. And yes. so all of this that we're, we're talking about was at the point that you had, you know, you and Courtney had decided to bring me on as a full-time employee. Right. But there was a little bit of history already established. Uh, right. Me, yeah. Know, Which was helpful. And that that's a, maybe a good takeaway as well. You can kind of test the waters a little bit without so much skin in the game. And maybe that can be a good way to do it. But I really made an attempt to hear her concerns and validate them and then commit myself to, I mean, it was really my job to make sure that those concerns never were realized, you know, that we put things in place like uh, the expectations in writing, like the clear chain of command that would ensure that those things never became real concerns, you know, that they remain sort of out there as, as potential, but they were um, not likely to happen. And so I think that was really important. And then also, if there has ever been anything that's come up where the chain of camp command, and there has been one or two times when this has, has not gone well, to make sure that I apologized and fixed that for her, you know, that I went and, and like kind of went behind the scenes and cleaned it up. Because again, my job, if I, <laughs> if I set the rules and then I break them, then it's my job to clean it up because that damages trust. So I, I think that trust is at the heart of this. And what nobody would want in a position where they're supervising a family member is to feel like, um, you know, they're, they're kind of a uh, placeholder and the, the real boss is the person underneath them. And, you know, that's just dishonest from a professional standpoint. That's not what we wanted to happen. Um, Courtney is absolutely the right person to lead our marketing department and we don't want there to be any confusion about who the boss was. And that's Courtney. So um, anyway, I, I think that that's, that was how I tried to set her up for success. And if we had her on, it'd be interesting to see how well I did at that, you know, from her perspective, but hopefully pretty well. Yeah. It, well, and equally, you know, she and I had some really frank conversations, um, yeah. you know, in, in the hiring process as well to make sure that she and I were aligned um, right. on what those expectations were. So, you know, it was, it was kind of twofold. It was like, you, me, and dad all had to get aligned. And then we each individually had to get aligned with Courtney since that was who I would be reporting to. Let's talk about the third rule, which is keep good boundaries. And so I'm not really talking about this in a professional context because I think we've already gotten into that with uh, sharing our expectations in writing and not breaking the chain of command and so forth. But I'm really talking about outside of work. How do we think about boundaries so that, uh, frankly, it doesn't alienate us from other family members? So Marissa, talk about some of the things that we do with regard to that. Yeah. Well, one of the things that you and dad actually had kind of already established prior to me coming in, which was really helpful, was not talking about work outside of work. And this is really hard. It's really hard. We are not perfect at this. Okay. We were all at the lake house this last weekend, and I don't even remember what the conversation was, but we started talking about work. And a lot of times it's usually one of our other sisters, if they're around, who will call us out. Like, They'll throw the flag and say, guys, like, we're not talking about work, you know. Um, but it, this to me is like the hardest thing um, because, you know, we relate about this. We're excited about it. We're passionate. We want to talk about work. If there's a challenge, we want to kind of bounce it off of each other. Um, but making sure that we're not talking about work um, outside of work. The other thing, the boundary that I've had to lay um, specifically with dad and mom for this matter is – If I'm 
talking about work like anybody would talk to their parents about their job. Right. I have to make it clear on the front end, I need you to put your dad hat on, not your boss hat. Yes. Because it is so easy if I'm just talking about some challenge that I'm dealing with at work. And I'm not talking to him like he's my founder and chairman of our company. I'm looking at him as my dad in this moment, and I'm just trying to – kind of work this out through talking about it and, you know, maybe hearing some of his wisdom as he would in any other position I've been in. And so, but I have to make that clear because he will go so quickly into boss mode or I, oh, we got to fix this or, you know, whatever. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm not, I'm well equipped to do this. I'm here to just talk about it to my dad. Okay. Uh, I think this is a huge point. Um, it's funny that you bring up the hat thing because Joel and I talk about this a lot. I think we have done at least one podcast where we've talked about sort of how we navigate this as husband and, and wife because Joel is, is on our executive team, but actually reports to me. And so we talk about, you know, okay, am I talking to my wife or am I talking to my boss? You know, and I think in this case, you know, am I talking to my sister or am I talking to the CEO of our company? And you know, if you, if you think about it like hats, like you can only wear one hat at a time, then it's really, really helpful because you have to take one hat off and put it on. And that sort of figurative act of trading hats helps you know what role and what your expectation, what role you're in and what expectations you have of the other person. And I think that is so important because man, when those get confused, First of all, it can be problems for the business. You know, once or twice I've gotten messages, you know, from dad, like Marissa said, this and this and this, and we need a what? And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> what's going on? You know, and yeah. he's actually very good about this. So it's just literally it's once or twice. But, you know, I think on the, on the flip side, if you really need support and he's trying to fix it or vice versa, right? Like he, maybe right. he's feeling insecure about how some marketing campaign is going and he's just telling you like, what's going on in his job. And, you know, you're insecure about it because you're the marketing director and you feel right. like you need to go change everything. Then, and cause you've got your, uh, you know, marketing director hat on instead of your daughter hat, then there's a, an opportunity for conflict there or totally. disappointment or whatever. And so I think this, this point around the rule of keeping good boundaries is really critical. Yeah. I think the other thing too, that, um, you know, is going to happen within family is there's going to be things that are shared that need to remain extremely confidential, you know, for one reason or another, right? whether it is somebody's wearing their sister or daughter, you know, dad hat or whatever it might be, whatever hat that, whatever the personal side of it is. And they say something that they would have never said within their regular role or, you know, there's some kind of exchange of information that, you know, typically would not, um, would not happen within a normal, just professional relationship, professional relationship. And I think this goes back to the idea of trust. Um, you know, and Courtney and I've even talked about this as well of confidentiality. It is so critical to make sure that everyone is clear that in those conversations, like how I view it personally, anytime I'm having a conversation with you, even if it's, you know, we're standing in your kitchen chat, just chatting about work or whatever. To me, that conversation is confidential. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go off and go tell my coworkers, you know, something that you said right. or go tell, I don't know, whoever at work about something that, you know, dad and I were talking about. Um, because I think that 
it's natural from a personal standpoint to share all these parts of your life. You can't just separate, you know, the work out. So you're going to talk about it. You're going to share things. And it's important to make sure that both of you are clear about the confidentiality um, so that that is never a question of, are they going off and, you know, sharing what I just said? I think that's so important. And I have to remind myself and I take confidentiality so seriously that there are all kinds of things that I know that I can't share with anybody, you know, it's just the nature of my work. And, you know, those may be things I could share sometimes with dad, depending on what it is, but you know, they're often HR related or whatever. And they're just, I I can't share those things with you. You know, a lot of those things I can't even share with Joel and, and that's a burden, but the only way the burden gets worse is if I inappropriately share it with a family member who works in the business in a way that would put that burden on them, you know, and I need, for example, my executives to trust that when they share something with me, that that stays where they, they left it, you know, and that I'm observing the the right kind of confidentiality. And I take that so, so seriously, you know, the flip side of that is we know things about each other personally that would not be appropriate to share in a Mm -hmm. professional context, you know, like really good. Um, you might have shared something with me about a date you went on or a relationship you're in or whatever, that if I just like start talking to you about it in the kitchen while I'm making my lunch would be totally humiliating to you, yeah. you know, that yeah. like th- you don't want everybody to know that. And it, and I don't have the right as the CEO of the company and your sister to just broadcast your personal business because I know it and I'm your sister, you know, that, that totally. carries way more weight because I'm the CEO than it does than just being your sister. Yep. Totally agree with that. Okay, so the last rule, and I think this goes back to something you said when we were opening up, is don't stop nurturing your personal relationship. Uh, Don't stop nurturing your personal relationship. This is really big for you. You are like the most relationally relational, relational person (laughs) that I know. So Marissa, as she said earlier, is an Enneagram 8. I mean, our family and her connections with us and our kids are so important to her. And and so I think this is near and dear to your heart in particular. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is so critical. If you're going to make the rest of it work, this has to be in place because without it, you really don't have a foundation. I mean, mm-hmm. you're you're just coworkers at that point. Um, right. And to me, this is if if this isn't working or if this is damaged or any, you know, the rest of it is going to completely come apart. And you're exactly right. It's it's very important to me. My my family are my people. Um, you know, I think as an Enneagram 8, it's really normal for us to not have a huge group of people, but our people are our ride or dies, you know. And <laughs> I totally see all of you that way. Um, and I think that, you know, both my relationship with you and with dad I think we've done a really good job at this, you know, whether it's for instance, you know, the other day I was, you know, in the neighborhood and decided to stop by. You actually weren't there that day, but I stopped by to see Joel and the kids and, you know, just take a minute to invest in them personally. Um, you know, with mom and dad getting their lake house, um, last year, this has also really helped, I think, foster that personal relationship because we're able to bond and go fishing and swimming and, you know, surfing and all of that at the lake, um, which just enriches 
all of our relationships together. And so it's no longer just, you know, oh, we're only connecting through work, but there's so much more uh, to our relationships. You know, dad is really good about this with all of us um, daughters, but making sure that, you know, he's taking us out on dates, you know, individually and really pursuing that relationship with us. Um, you know, like you said earlier, I frequently go to mom and dad's, you know, for dinner or, or grab dinner with them uh, to make sure that, you know, we're connecting outside of just work. Um, but this is, this to me is like the glue without it, everything else comes apart. Yeah, I think this is true. I mean, th- this shows up everywhere from in my relationship with jo- Joel that we're going on date nights, you know, that we're investing in our relationship with each other as husband and wife, not just, uh, you know, in our professional relationship, which would be really easy to do because we spend a lot of time together at work, right? And there's that's an easy thing to kind of default to talking about. With dad, I feel like he does such a great job of when I meet with him normally every Monday uh, for lunch, he always asks me questions about what's going on personally. You know, we spend a lot of time together as a family, uh, just talking about personal stuff. And it's not um, just kind of a, a functional relationship that is a business partnership. And I'm so grateful for that. That's really, really important. And then with you, like you said, same thing. And like you said, it's the foundation. It's the foundation of everything. And we have to make sure that we nurture this. Otherwise, people feel kind of used and they end up feeling like there's regret, you know, that great, awesome. We have this professional relationship, but we lost the personal connection that we had. And that was actually even more valuable. So I think that's a great point. All right. So it's probably important to say before we close that obviously we are big fans of working with family. From our perspective, it's been a blessing. It's been a gift. We're going to keep doing it. (laughs) We love it. However, (laughs) however, Surgeon General's warning, there are some cases where this might be a really bad idea and you, you want to run, don't walk, you know, from this as an option. So when I am usually talking with people about this and they come to me and ask me, you know, for my opinion, I usually start by asking, well, how's the relationship now? Mm, Right? That's so good. Yeah. Because going into business together or working for a family member is going to highlight whatever your relationship already is. So if it's great, it's probably going to be better. If it's troubled in some way, if you have difficulty communicating, if you're conflict avoidant, if there's unresolved trauma, if there's a power struggle, I mean... These things are all going to come up and the consequences are going to be so much greater in a professional context. So, I mean, really run. Don't put that pressure and that weight on a foundation that isn't strong. I I just, I can't say that probably strongly enough. It's just not a good idea. So what, what do you think about that, Marissa? I couldn't agree more. I mean, I feel like working together, it just magnifies your relationship. Mm-hmm. So, you know, luckily in our situation, we had a great relationship prior to working together. Um, and it really, you know, kind of magnified that and made it even better and gave us more connection points. But it certainly can do the opposite. You know, if if you have any kind of cracks that are there and, and to me, the biggest threat is um, – it are the things that are lying under the surface that haven't been addressed yeah. because that will come up. 
when you're working yep. together. There will be a lot of scenarios where all of that, um, the, that kind of passive aggressiveness starts showing up and, you know, you get resentful of each other. Um, you know, that will come up if there is any of that under, under the surface. And so just like you need to get clear on your expectations, you know, addressing any issues, if you are, you know, certain that you do need to go into business together, making sure that you're addressing the, those issues prior to just jumping in. The whole the whole message here is you have to be intentional with working with family. It can't just be you just all of a sudden show up together and decide that you're going to, you know, do business together and there's no thought behind it. You've got to be incredibly intentional from the beginning to the middle, you know, all the way to the end. Absolutely. I, we probably should have included a bonus rule here about communication because good, healthy, clean, straightforward communication is, is another rule. You know, if you, yeah. if you do weird, funky, triangulated, passive aggressive communication, ugh. Yeah, it's not going to not going to end well, not, folks. Not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we really believe that working with family can be a great thing if you follow these rules. Rule number 1, put your expectations in writing. Rule number 2, don't break the chain of command. Rule number 3, keep good boundaries. Rule number 4, don't stop nurturing the personal relationship and bonus rule number 5, practice healthy, clean communication. So uh, I hope you guys have found this insightful and useful and maybe bring some clarity to the relationships in your life and how they might be a good fit for uh, a professional context or not. <laughs> either one is fine. It's always good to know on the front end. Uh, but either way, it's been really fun to be with you. Marissa, thank you for joining us. This has been a blast to have you on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hopefully it's the first of many episodes. Wink, wink. <laughs> Bring me back. <laughs> That's right. We'll do. Well, guys, thanks for joining us today. And until next week, lead to win. <laughs>